welcome to the All Mass Podcast. This is at C. Talene, and I am joined by Southern Cynic and Akira. Hey, girls. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. And Southern Cynic, how are you doing, ma'am? I'm fine. Just peachy. Just peachy. And I know that um, we are keeping Southern Cynic from her football game. There's an important football game on tonight, apparently. Um, Who that? Yeah, that, that's the Saints, the Saints versus the Falcons, um, and I am a Georgia girl, but luckily I am not a football fan, so I will be with you in solidarity, Southern Cynic. Yes, thank you. Okay, I don't even know, like, who's the better team? The Saints, of course. Why are you I, know, I don't even know why I'm asking you that, because of course you're going to say the Saints. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm asking you. Um, so we're on the penultimate episode of season three of Mr. Robot, and it is called Stage Three. Last week, we ended um, the episode, the recording, talking about what is Stage Three, because Cora Adana teased that last week in the Hollywood Reporter article. And then also, we went on the Red Wheelbarrow website, and we saw a um, playing card there, and it was teasing a level 32 did you guys do any more research into what level 32 could possibly mean? I know I am guilty of not doing that. Um, um, I did go on to Reddit, um, but I haven't, I haven't really seen much chatter about level 32. Do some more, you know, some more looking because, you know, um, there's always something else that gets talked about um, every time, but I did look up did look at the Red Wheelbarrow website and that card is gone. Oh, oh wait, no, it's still there. Never mind. My computer wanted to take a minute to be like, uh, hold on there. Okay, it's still there. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Did you see anything, yeah. Southern Cynic? No, I, I know I said I was going to go on the Reddit, but I just can't make myself do it. I, I, I don't want to see anything there. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yeah, that rabbit hole is deep, man. I just don't want to fall in. Yeah, and it's a precarious. Girl, I'm not time. gonna tell that lie. Y'all know I went. Y'all know I went there. <laughs> did, oh, did you? Did you go for more than an hour though? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I went over my time. <laughs> <laughs> I went over it. Uh, <laughs> I oh, had I to. Not. I mean. I had to because y'all wanted to know what level 32 was and I'm like so she's blaming us talking about it. she's just blaming us okay she's just taking one for the team exactly we appreciate you girl don't I always <laughs> you do you do you put your work in you put in that hard work we appreciate you so you keep at it keep mining away keep going down that rabbit hole for us please so stage okay. three <laughs> So we, I'm loving that we're getting so many flashbacks this season, and Elliot told us that we were going to be going full circle, so we started with a flashback basically at the beginning of season one, where we see Evil Core or E-Core deciding to go with All Safe. Um, we got to see Terry Colby, we saw Tyrell, we saw um, Price, we got to see Gideon again, rest in peace Gideon. I have my thoughts about this. Akira, why do you think Ecor even thought about going with Allsafe, considering that Ecor is such a huge conglomerate and Allsafe was a relatively new, unheard of company that might not even have the capacity 
or like Terry Colby said, you know, what are your financials? Are you even going to be around in a year? So why do you think they even took this meeting with Allsafe? Well, definitely um, you saw Phil, Philip kind of light up whenever uh, once Angela entered the room. Watching that scene, I mean, I couldn't help but think back to um, Michael Christopher's uh, season three teaser interview with where he was discussing prices, you know, why is price so fixated on Angela and basically just saying that Angela, that there's something about Angela. Angela pretty much represents everything that, or things that um, Price has had to give up in order really to get to where he is. And she possesses something that he, uh, something that he wants and he's fixated on her. So it's interesting when we've always heard White Rose refer to um, Angela as Princess princess prices project mm-hmm. um, so we've got yeah so it's kind of interesting to see that that the possibility of her being a project to him was even before before she had even gotten to e-corp so yeah so I'm definitely thinking you know in this case roads lead to Angela as far as him making that decision so yeah I'm just interested to hear what his thought process was in terms of going with them you know, because uh, when she started working with Ecorp, he um, mentioned to her how find you refreshing, and yeah. So I'm just curious. I'm just curious to dive into peel back more layers on that one right there. Yeah, and Cora Donna in his um, weekly interview with the Hollywood Reporter did say that we were going to learn more about Price and his fanc- fascination with Angela. So Southern Cynic, mm-hmm. that look that Price gave Angela when she walked into that room. Has any man ever looked at you like that? (laughs) I almost said something so ugly. (laughs) No. (laughs) They want to keep their eyes in their head. Ew. God, he's such a creep. But uh, I like to think that maybe White Rose set all of this up and she knew what kind of carrot to dangle in front of Price's face. Mm. to get hmm. this this whole ball rolling. I mean, was Elliot with Allsafe at that time? Huh. That's a good question. I don't know because Angela got him the job at Allsafe and we know it was after Halloween because of that episode. So I don't know. I When I thought about it, I remembered um, when White Rose was breaking it down to Price and telling him that his job was to keep the Washington Township project safe. And one of the things that he had to do was shut down the lawsuit. And one of the ways mm-hmm. to shut it down was through Angela. So I was thinking maybe White Rose said, Angela's working for All Safe. This is your way to kind of get an introduction to her to start working her. So I wasn't sure if it was a White Rose told me to go to All Safe and meet Angela, or we happened to be at this company and I saw Angela and I decided to go with the company I'm so I go, could see her again. I'm going to go with the former. That just seems more like how White Rose would operate. Yeah, because just the fact that All Safe is such a small company, I can't imagine a company as big as Ecor would even, you know, give them the time of day to support them. Um, One of the other things we saw in this um, flashback was Terrell was there. He's not, he's under um, Colby. And we see him try to come to Price to give him an idea 
in hopes of making himself look good. And my thought was that Tyrell does not operate well when he has to think on his own. He does much better when someone is telling him what to do. He just seems to always put his foot in his mouth. What did, what did you guys think of seeing uh, this younger Tyrell in this flashback? What did you think, Southern Cynic? I don't know. I, I, I saw him as ambitious but clueless at the same time. Like, he mm-hmm. really didn't know who he was dealing with. You know, that, that office kiss ass. But, you know, he's smart, but he just doesn't have all the sense that he ought to. But um, I don't know. He, he seemed so sweet long ago. And I want to know, was he <laughs> Joanna then? Was he with Joanna then? Because I would like to think that if Joanna was actually with him at that point, he would be a little bit more smarter about how he presented himself to to Price. But I guess we don't see that part of the flashback. I think that the timeline is a little bit off for me as mm-hmm. in, in terms of the background characters that we don't see. Hmm. Do you think he was with her, um with Joanna at that time, Akira? I would think so, but also one. Well, something that's um, I think Southern Senate brought up that was interesting looking again back to season one I think that I mean Tyrell has usually all, again always been the type of person that needed some sense of direction and a push to um, go in I go in certain directions but what I found interesting was seeing how he interacted with Price where he was just stumbling through this whole thing really and of course uh, Price shutting him down really quickly it just brought me back again to uh, in season one where an episode opens on Tyrell and he's rehearsing uh, what he's going to say and everything. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, screaming at himself, you're too formal and all this and slapping himself in order to really get himself in the mindset and kind of like in the zone of what he needs to be in. So I think that if anything, seeing him do that, what he did in season one, I think was a result of those, of the type of reaction and or interactions that we've seen him have with Price. So that's just something that I thought of um, really with that. Like, you know, he's probably had, but even then we've seen when he did have everything rehearsed and had his demeanor a little bit more, a little bit more cold, but still more stern and, for, um, you know, imposing. He still, once again, continues to get shut down by Price. So I think that, so that was one interesting consistency as we even saw later on in this, uh, in their interaction later on in this episode, where once again, it's like, all right, you want to think that you have the upper hand Tyrell, but still Price is going to, you know, shut you down. Yes, so easily. That was really hard to watch, <laughs> actually. So, the big, so we finish up with the flashback, and we see Elliot, and we get to see kind of really a parallel story between Elliot and Mr. Robot. So Elliot wakes up in the morning and he has a message. Um, Mr. Robot has tried to communicate with him saying they own the FBI and Elliot is trying to figure out what did Mr. Robot do the night before and we get kind of this split episode almost where we see what did um, Mr. Robot do the night before and then what is Elliot doing in kind of the, the current time frame. Mr. Robot how did he get into Rail's house? <laughs> <laughs> well, Elliot has. has uh, he failed. <laughs> you know, Elliot has that little kit. He can get into anything. That's true. Mm-hmm. That is true. Did Did anyone feel sorry for Terrell when he um, walked into the house? 
Oh God. I did. I did for, uh, yeah, you know, because, I mean, you're just thinking, okay, this was the position that he, that him and Joanna have worked and schemed together for. And then definitely interesting to, again, to see Tyrell in this situation because, again, it makes him relatable. And it's interesting to think that, um, what was it? And, again, going back to another episode of season one where he was like, well, you know, how, you know, where he's chastising Elliot and, you know, oh, now I know your weakness. You know, he likes to always try to think of himself as superior and above any, I guess, human, anything that I guess makes you remotely human or anything that even has a weakness. So it was, I liked actually seeing that vulnerable side to him and also, again, to see him be fallible, you know, because, again, this is something that he's wanted, he's worked for, Mm -hmm. and but he only gets it when he completely also loses things that matter to him. But I think that it was also interesting because it mirrors what we saw um, happen with, with us, with Scott Knowles, where he tells Joanna the day that I got the CTO job, you know, the day that I had, you know, the best, you know, I had the best day of my life, but then I also had the worst day of my life. So it's again, an interesting mirror where consequences yeah, and it's, that it's, sounded so bad. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting that you bring up um, Scott Knowles. So Southern Senate, Scott Knowles is still out there. Sharon Knowles's murder still has not been. I mean, we had the Derek give the um, law enforcement this fake information, kind of getting to rail off. But Scott Knowles is still out there. Do you think Scott Knowles is going to turn up since Terrell is now out? Well, I thought they were still holding Scott because, um, was it Derek? Was that his name? Generic? Mm-hmm. Generic um, Derek. That Derek. was Derek. <laughs> 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 yeah, I thought that I was thought bad today. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were still holding I on testimony <laughs> <laughs> about Scott, you know, even though uh, Joanna and are both dead but um I, I, I can't remember them saying that scott was released i don't know if he's still released or if he's still in jail we don't know where he is that kind of got dropped when joanna got dropped i i'm not worried about scott scott's not scary to me i don't think it's scary it would just sure. be an interesting twist it would yeah yeah and and i imagine that you know in the new season he'll have to come back They'll, mm-hmm. they'll have to um, date that storyline back up. But um, with Tyrell, I, it's so hard for me to see him be emotional about losing Joanna and his baby, mm-hmm. knowing that all the crap that they did together, especially him and stuff that Joanna didn't even see him do, God, he kind of deserved it. Really? Oh. Yeah. Homeless people in the street, you're yeah. strangling a woman to death. I mean, how do you All right. I mean you, 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 you yeah, like reap ha- what you sow. You reap what what you right. sow. So yeah, yeah so there me, had to definitely be something. You know, it's like you could like there was no way that you could have gotten away with all of this without any type of consequence or mm-hmm. you know, like no way. Like that's just not how the world works. So Yeah. And that's what Robot told him, basically, when he came up in his face and um, really provoked him. 
Oh, speaking of provoke, did you see when he put on those um, blue gloves that they were a size extra large? <laughs> I think I th- I think I must have blacked out. I was having my own Elliot robot blacked out because I didn't even notice it until people were talking about it on Twitter. And then I'm watching it again and I'm like, OK, I seriously must have zoned out because how did that how did I miss that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh. Tyrell's such a scumbag, but um, I'm sorry. He looks good in those tight shirts. I'm telling you, chopping that wood did something for him. Mm -hmm. Bring the beard back. But anyway, but anyway, (laughs) anyway, so when um, Mr. Robot was provoking Tyrell into kind of that fight, I was once again, um, Akira kind of getting that parallel to when Joanna provoked um, Scott Knowles to beating her up in that way. So I was um, kind of getting that parallel. And then we see Price show up and we see for the first time Price in the same room with Elliot slash Mr. Robot. And the fact that he wasn't in the least bit surprised did you find that surprising, Southern Cynic, when he walked into that house? No, because it makes me go back to that flashback scene. It makes me think that this was all set up by White Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, Elliot coming to the company and everything. Like, like she saw how all of this was going to fall into place. And Price knew all of that going along. He knew what the, what the plan was with Tyrell from the beginning. And mm-hmm. that eventually Elliot would play his role. So, yeah, and and even in season one, at the end of season one, I thought when Price was talking about um, that they were going, they knew who, you know, initiated the hack and everything and that they were taking care of it. I thought he was talking about Elliot, not Angela. I think Mm -hmm. most people were talking about Angela. So, yeah, he, he knew what was going on and I'm sure he wasn't surprised to see both of them together. Yeah, I, I was, I was surprised he didn't have any reaction but then later when he was sitting there talking and um Mr. Robot kind of confronted him and said you knew about this all along and he confirmed that he knew about 5-9 but not about the cyber but he figured it out the thing that got me with Price um coming to tell Terrell that he's now the CTO and him still trying to I know why he's posturing with Terrell, you know, telling him you're only a figurehead, don't try to think you're going to get any power from me is because basically White Rose emasculated him last week. But for me as a viewer, it's hard for me now to take him seriously because I know that he's just a lackey and that any type of power he has is at the grace of White Rose. Um, But he was really insulting Terrell to the point that Mr. Robot was like, I think he might have said the F word under his breath at some point. But um, (laughs) so Akira, what did you think about this whole interaction with Price and Terrell and um, Mr. Robot? Um, Well, I was not surprised when Price was just so kind of like nonchalant about Elliot slash Robot. Again, going back to um, Michael Christopher's teaser interview, you know, he was saying how, um, talking about how he doesn't get, at this point, hasn't had any scenes with Rami, but, you know, that later on we would get to see 
how connected Price and Elliot are and that he was really excited about that. And, you know, with that, I was like, oh, I'm excited to see that, too. Um, so, um, so I think we got to see we definitely got to see a tease of that and just like one little layer of the, onion, of the onion of that relationship connection getting pulled back. And then, you know, again, it's just kind of like another, uh, again, another interaction between um, Tyrell and Tyrell, between Ty- Tyrell and Price. But again, you know, we have seen that, seen Price get put in his place by White Rose. So it's interesting to, you know, watching that scene, knowing what we know, but then also thinking that about conversations that we've had, again, about thinking, well, you know, what if, Tyrell and Price somehow may, you know, a theory that you had, what if, the, what if those two end up working together to work against White Rose? I was wrong with my theories. It wasn't, it's not going to be Tyrell and Price, which I think would have been much more intriguing. It is now the, the re-teaming of Tyrell and Elliot slash Mr. Robot to try not to take down Ecor, but now to expose them. Do you think this is a good goal for them, Southern Senate? No, I, I don't think anything's going to work out for anybody by the end of this show. So. <laughs> I don't see it going well uh, at all. Well, and, and so, I'm not I feel ahead. like prices. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm so sorry. And I feel like prices. Uh, he has another goal in mind, but I hadn't figured out what that could possibly be other than to see White Rose burn. But I don't know how this is going to turn out for him either, whatever his plan is. Yeah, because he's, he's, there. he said he always has a move. He always has moves, is what he told Terrell. And he, you know, and I liked what Price told Mr. Robot that he wasn't a lone wolf kind of like what Muhammad said to Elliot last week. He told Elliot, you always talk about yourself. And Price basically told Mr. Robot, all you're saying is I, 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 and telling him that you're not a, a leader if you don't have followers and you have to inspire people. And I thought that was interesting advice coming from Price. And I think it was warranted because Basically, Mr. Robot has lost all of his followers. Um, His whole team is gone. So I thought that was timely advice. Do you think he's going to take it? I would like to think so. Kind of also going with what um, Southern Cynic was saying, like, you know, do you think exposing them is really going to do anything? And given how society tends to be these days when certain things come out to the light and it's kind of like, okay, Again, it's kind of like, well, tell me something I didn't know, but oh, okay, that's interesting to know. All right, moving on to the next thing. Because again, also as a a society, we're kind of like, and now this, and now this, and now this. That's basically all I got to say about that. (laughs) So, Well, Terrell did spill the beans about Santiago, which I'm excited Mm -hmm. about because he was shook last episode already. And now we know that um, Terrell has said, F this, I'm tell- I'm spilling all the tea. And didn't he say, Southern Cynic, did you hear him say his son was in Norway now? He was in Denmark. Denmark. He was in Denmark. So mm-hmm. he has his baby, I'm assuming, with family. So Santiago doesn't have really anything to hold over him anymore. Well, does he have the baby or is that child with 
some distant relative of Joanna. You know, I don't, I don't know. Well, as long as he's not in foster care, I think that's the mm. big win. Mm -hmm. That kid is lost to the winds. I'm sorry. <laughs> Poor Tyrell. Yeah. He really I think that kid is off for a better life, actually. He should, just, he should just go to Denmark. He should just leave the United States. Oh, he can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to have to hold off on the international travel. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry. That was terrible. Okay. Um, Elliot wants to know what did Mr. Robot do last night? And he sees that um, he was looking at information about Sentinel. He knows that Mr. Robot knows about the email from Trenton. And he decides to meet up with Darlene at the arcade. They haven't been back to the arcade since he's been out of jail. Am I correct in this? Like physically back? I think so. And I can't understand. Why are you returning to the scene of the crime? I wasn't, I didn't get that either. Like at first I thought maybe they thought the FBI might have missed something, but I don't know why they, maybe it's just this whole full circle thing that they're going back to where they all started this. But, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Sometimes you gotta avoid that trip down memory lane. Just, just say no. <laughs> just say no. You sound like a, a public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and well, another thing that kind of got me with the conversation with Dar with Darlene. Darlene is telling Elliot that um, she has an end with the FBI. That she needs to be the one to do this. And she made the comment. She said to Elliot. This isn't going to be like Angela batting her eyes to the, to an FBI agent and, you know, dropping, planting the femme to sell. But then later we see that's exactly the route that Darlene takes, even though she said it herself that it wouldn't be as easy as that. So I kind of wondered why she chose to, I know why she initially did it, but... Mm, she was working my nerves this episode. And why would you even say that when you were doing that in season one with some dude? She was. Hypocrite. She did mm. do that to get that done. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know she tried to copy the key card at first with um, the technology she had in her backpack and that didn't work. And then she decided to go the seduce her route, which I really felt uncomfortable by this choice i felt um really uncomfortable for dom it really was you know how elliot has talked about finding a weakness and exploiting it um i don't know i just i felt uncomfortable with the with the whole thing uh what did you think seeing the sakura again with the parallels going back to where things started <laughs> well more or less with season one i definitely just brought me back to um the scene with uh tyrell with anwar um basically doing whatever he needed to do in order to get information um i know that there are other fans who will argue with me on that oh well i mean well, again well, i'm just saying argument be? 
I'm not even going to open that can of worms, but yeah, but I just know them. I just know certain, I just know some fans well enough to know that they will argue differently on that. But again, I'm like, look at the context of the scene, guys. Look at what type, you know, they're, they, I'm going back to my theater, going back to my teaching mode. Object, what is the character's objective, people? You know, they need, you know, they have, you know, these characters that they're interacting with have something that they want. So you, change tactics you change change the tactics what are you doing so like you said the first um, thing that Darlene used wasn't working so she had to go to switch tactics and go to something else again I can see this being like Tyrell where she's in a situation where she needs to get certain she needs to get something from Dom the interaction and really that whole scene I mean it did I mean it, it felt still organic to me but again I'm not but again Given that this is the world of Mr. Robot, you know, I'm not too sure, like, can it really develop into, like, a sunny blue sky happy thing, you know? Who knows? Well, I mean, I'm not really counting on it, but, but again, you know, I mean, again, primarily looking at the scene from, all right, Darlene has something that she needs from Dom. What is she going to do or resort to in order to get it? But again, the development of that relationship between the two of them, again, seeing how they have interacted since season two mm-hmm. again getting to this point there did there there was still some something organic to that so um I mean as far as like will it be a relationship between the two of them I'm pretty much kind of on a I'll just watch and see how I can do it how and if it can even go go there because in Darlene doing what she did she broke Dom's trust you know yeah. like she definitely took advantage of her in the situation I'm like let's just call it for what it is she took advantage um, of Dom in a certain situation. But then also, I want, I mean, because c- I watched it again with a clearer, less emotional mind, because, y'all, you know, if anybody saw, saw any of my tweets during the live tweet, I was screaming. <laughs> y'all screaming like, like Darlene, don't say shit, especially with Santiago. Like, I was, oh, but yeah. Yes, uh-huh. but I was like, okay. I was like, sit down and watch this again with a much cooler head, girl. Darlene um, doesn't so. listen. She just doesn't listen. Rami, Rami, yeah. Elliot told her <laughs> if it's not going well to leave. Then get out. But I also wonder if she may have been able to, I mean, but again, going back to when, when did Elliot read the They Own the FBI did Elliot possibly tell Darlene that mm-hmm. bit of information? Oh, Robot wrote that they own the FBI. Mm-hmm. You claiming that you know the FBI. Is it possible that you might, like, who in the F- like, who specifically in the FBI could they own? Or if, you know, again, when, when in the timeline does certain information get revealed? And, you know, so I was like, all right, let me watch it again with a cooler head. And then that's what I thought. I was like, okay, maybe. Yeah. Just maybe. I hadn't thought of that at all. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. So Southern Cynic, what do you think when you were watching this the first time, what did you think the possibility of Darlene being successful would be? When I realized what her plan B was going to be, I I knew she was going to end up failing. Because mm-hmm. Dom, oh, and if you were watching my tweets, I was screaming like, Dom, please wake up and realize what is going on. Smell the coffee. She is playing you so hard. And I thought for a moment that Dom was completely on to her and was just going to ride this out and see where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And um, 
they went too far, way too far. But uh, I, I was hoping she was going to get caught in the end, but I was not pleased with what happened after she got caught. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Darlene, shut your mouth. What is she doing? Like from the, from the beginning, I kept saying, what are you thinking? What happened to the Darlene who first got caught by the FBI and was screaming, I invoke my Fifth Amendment right? What happened to that, darling? Now, I mean, been compromised. She has. She's been broken. Oh my God. Yeah, she's not. She's not the same, darling, anymore, guys. You know, she's she's evolved. She's like a ghost of herself. Here are some of my issues with what I saw. Darlene goes to Dom's. We see Dom's apartment because I think we had said we'd never really seen Dom's apartment. We've seen her in her apartment but not like the actual place it's very small it's it's tiny dom tells her i don't sleep well i have to take like six melatonin to get drowsy so why did you think she was gonna sleep through you breaking into her safe like especially given that she's got someone in her space exactly and the beeping, was she trying to cover the sound of the beeping with that pillow? Or yeah. was she using the sound to know what the coat? I didn't know, but I was like, girl, this is a bad decision you are making. There's no yeah, way you're going to be able much, to do this. Yeah, I pretty much took her putting the pillow on, like over the safe to kind of mute the sounds a little bit. But again, upon a second watch I'm like I think she probably figured knowing you know they both like you know because Dom as in terms of analyzing Darlene always like to say I know this girl I know this girl Mm -hmm. I know this girl so it's and they would always say that they and it's always been said that they that they're a lot alike so for Dom to say I know Darlene it's you know, it stands to reason that Darlene would say, could say the same thing about Dom. So it's like, mm-hmm. she has to know that Dom is going to wake up. She's going to catch her, which again, leads me to think that it's possible that Elliot told Darlene about Miss, about robots message on the, um, on the mirror. So maybe they're testing this out because I need Dom to get Santiago and I need her to do it now. I know she's, she's smelling it. She's thoroughly smelling it now. Because as soon as Darlene like, said we, that... Do we have to set it on fire for her to smell it? I mean, I've been smelling you know, just it. Just to escalate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> escalate we've been smelling smell it. We've been smell- but she did question him. She questioned him. As soon as Darlene said that the Dark Army owned the FBI, you saw Dom shut up and she started looking at Santiago out the corner of her eye. And then the first thing Santiago says is, who told you that? which was just such a big tell. And Dom, yeah. I think Dom is finally going to act on her suspicions. What could she possibly do, though? Hmm. Collaborate more with Darlene, save her, get her out of there. I'm sorry. I don't know if Darlene is long for this world. (laughs) After... I mean, with the whole Avenge Me Pack thing, and now Santiago knows that she's on to them. And Irving said, okay. Uh, Without the usual what comes after. And got all this shit around him. I just, 
Mm-hmm. And I found it interesting that they cut, you know, that they cut o- cut away from Irving after okay, because you know I was just waiting for the whole okay, we'll take we'll take care of it part. No, that so. means he's thinking. You don't want Irving thinking. He's thinking about what he's gonna do. Yeah, because we didn't get to hear the usual. We'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, I think that they would want us to assume that okay, we'll take it. You know that he's gonna say we'll take care of it. But again, like you say, well, we didn't hear him say that. But then again, with this show, what you don't see, what you don't hear, is still open to just as much as much suspect as what you do see and hear. Yeah, it's implied that she did, or and they kind of been implying that all season. <laughs> Something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen. Oh God! BD Wong did warn us that the last episode was gonna be intense. Everybody's been warning. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and they have not been incorrect. So I am not ready for next week at all. At all. Mm-hmm. At all. At all. On so many levels. Let's talk about Elliot. So Elliot hacked that car. <laughs> that call back to season one. Mhm. Mhm. And I just love on Twitter everybody's surprised that this can be done. Yes. No, I mean, he said this. Are com- people seriously surprised about that? I mean, mm-hmm. the car cars have computers, and they've already yeah. been talking about um, people being able to hack cars, being able to hack the power grid. I mean, it's been like in the news. What type of rock are certain people sleeping under that they you don't know, know don't know that you can hack into a car? I don't know. Get yeah, well, people. <laughs> Y'all better, I wanted to y'all tweet better back get y'all a 1950 <laughs> Cadillac if you don't want your car hacked. <laughs> oh my word. So that was cool to see him hack the car. Um, and he requests a meeting with White Rose because he told Darlene when they were back at the arcade that he was going to take care of the Dark Army and let Angela take care of Sentinel. I'm sorry, Angela. <laughs> Let Darlene take care of Sentinel, although he had to know that was not going to go well at all. But we see Elliot set up the meeting with Irving, and he reveals that there is a stage three to get rid of the Bitcoin. And then after that, we get to Bitcoin. see... Did I say Bitcoin? I mean, it's been Jesus. in the news, so I, I, I don't think so. It's, it has been in the news talking about how it's past the 14,000 threshold yeah. now. So yeah. I don't blame you for mixing. Yeah. um, Oh, we didn't talk about that line with Terrell talking about the news when um, Robot calls him a puppet. (laughs) (laughs) Dance, puppet, dance. (laughs) I'm surprised no one was told. Um, What did Corridana call him? Our embarrassment. Our embarrassment. I'm surprised that no one has told our embarrassment about this show yet. (laughs) Well, you already know my choice. They're probably not. You already know my choice words for what I call our embarrassment. You know what I call them. We're just going to call him our embarrassment. Who now slurs. That's a little bit more PG. Yes, it's much more PG. It's more family-friendly. More PG. Well, more PG, but less like, well, damn, type of thing. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that line. I cackled. I literally just cackled. (laughs) Like, I love this. I love these writers so, so much. Yes. I don't even know what we were talking about. Okay, so Angela shows up. Uh, We were talking to 
Oh, okay. Well, the yeah. E-coin. Because we were talking about Angela, so yeah. The stage three was the E-coin. Um, and basically, Elliot goes back home and he sees Angela sitting outside of his apartment and she has the newspaper because she's read that Terrell is now the CTO and she's taking this as evidence that White Rose was correct and that things are starting to go back to where they were before all of this happened. Southern Senate, what'd you think when you saw our girl? What did you call her, Gone Girl? What'd you think when you saw Gone Girl? She is in another galaxy, <laughs> this poor chick. I can't even hate on Angela anymore because she just, I just want her to get some help. I just want her to take a bath. It, comb her hair. Huh? Your apartment, girl. Why is your red moldy? Mm. And you got multiple bags of it. What is wrong? Oh, mm. like if y'all ever see me slipping like that, please send help. <laughs> we promise. We I promise. Just, I, don't, I don't know. And she's talking to Qwerty, and I'm wondering is Qwerty talking? Well, well, I don't know. I look. I was a little bit suspect on that because I was like. I was like, okay, are you talking to Cordy, or do they want us to think that you're talking to Cordy? I thought she was talking to that vision of Cisco. Yeah, I thought she was okay. I thought she was talking to Cordy because I thought he was supposed to represent the the cart from the other episode when she first met White Rose. It's like she was. I felt like she was trying to, in her apartment, recreate that meeting with White Rose so that she can meet white rose again and talk to her um so she mm. can make what happened a reality i feel like she's clinging to that in a way to justify her actions because she cannot deal with with what happened what were all the pictures on the wall that she was hanging up i read that those might be pictures of the people who died Mm, that makes sense hmm. well i i mean I, I can see that because again we did see we did see a girl glued to her tv hitting that rewind button like you know like it was the only button on the remote she had like seven copies of that mm-hmm. lolita book she had like the picture of her mom she had the telephones like when do you have time and money to go get black paint paint your apartment find all these vintage copies of lolita Find vintage telephones, install all these locks. She has lots of energy. You know, you got to keep yourself productive. You got to have a hobby. (laughs) And did you see the paint on the walls? They didn't reach all the way to the top because she's so short. I thought that was a good touch. I thought that was a really yeah. accurate touch because she wasn't trying to cut in and avoid the ceilings or anything. She just did it as far as she could reach. Why was the, mm-hmm. why was the stuff covered in plastic, though? Why was anything there? She was just in total disarray, and I really need to go back and just look at her apartment. Well, Corridana, how long did Corridana say, say we should pause on her apartment? He One minute, busy. two seconds. And then some other stuff. I'm sorry, Cora. I'm, I forgot that last little bit. Well, but definitely one minute, two seconds. Yeah. So I, I think. And I want to. I want to say the number eighteen was in there somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I'm he trying broke to remember. It down. He really broke it down very specifically. 
Yeah, uh-huh. so I did pause several yeah. times. Oh, and there was the hang in there poster. The hang in there poster, the little kitty cat poster was there. Yeah, but also since we mentioned Cooler and his article with uh, THR, um, interview with THR, um, I did look up his uh, Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I was just, should we just call it Shakespeare quote of the week? Basically. <laughs> um, yeah, so this one comes from Othello. Let me get the tab up because it's there. Yeah, so basically he, all right, so it's how poor are they that have not patience? What would, what wound did ever heal but by degrees? Yeah, you know, y'all read the article, but okay. Basically with all that, um, it's from Othello and, you know, basically talking, uh, you know, how poor is the person who doesn't have any patience? Um, you know, your wounds are healed and, you know, gradual, you, gradually. And also if you're going to do anything, you need, if, if anything's going to be done, it needs to be done through intelligence and not, oh, is it emotion, I think? Mm-hmm. No, by magic or like, con- like by magic or cunning. No, magic. Okay, yeah. So yeah, but then also, um, again, with that, it was interesting quoting this, uh, with him quoting this because um, impatience is something that usually tends to be a downfall to some Shakespearean ca- uh, characters. So yeah, that was just, so that was a Shakespeare quote of the week. And that's interesting about impatience because what we've seen with White Rose is that she has her timelines, but she's, I think she sets um, reasonable timelines that are long enough that she is patient to get what she wants. Because like this whole Washington Township thing has been going on for what, like 20 years? Because they've been working on this since Elliot and Angela were kids. This is like all long game for White Rose. One of the things that kind of threw me off with the interaction with Angela and Elliot was I'm not used to Elliot seeming like the normal. Like the sanest person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was like completely throwing me off that I'm like, Elliot seems together. Like, like he's speaking sense. (laughs) Well, given his history, I mean, you have to learn something about uh, how to handle somebody who seems to be in a crisis, Mm -hmm. you know, put those uh, kick gloves on. So he probably recognized right away, Angela isn't in her right mind. This is what I need to do right now. So yeah, hmm. I, I was disappointed for the first time to see Leon because I felt like Akira, Angela was going to spill the beans. We were going to find out finally what happened in those 28 minutes and then there is Leon. And for once, I was not happy to see Patience, him. girl. It's not time for us to know yet. I know. are we just talking about impatience? Girl, be patient. I feel like <laughs> I'm patient. But I know Coradonna said that, you know, if you're still anxious and you still want to know, then it's still good that they haven't told us yet. But we get to see Leon. He's taking Elliot to meet who Elliot assumed was would be White Rose, but it was our bay. It was Grant. Um, it was nice to see him. But now I'm kind of getting apprehensive when I see Grant on screen because I know something terrible is going to happen as a result of Grant going well, in the episode now? Yeah, I mean, if Elliot was kind of safe. He wasn't anywhere near a garage. So, oh, yeah. he wasn't. But yeah. did you feel like his poker face was not that great during that interaction? Because I felt like he looked at the laptop a lot. 
a little bit too much. And then he was trying to like prolong the interaction kind of at the end when they left, he kind of had this smile on his face. So I felt like he was telegraphing that a bit too much. And Grant definitely read every single bit of it. Grant. Well, first we see White Rose and she is having a full blown tantrum. Throwing stuff. The queen does not have that. She was um, forcibly, you know, just uh, um, redecorating. Yeah, redecorating, rearranging oh. her, her, yeah, yeah, that's all that was. Oh, okay, excuse me, I, I take it back, excuse <laughs> me, I should know better than to speak of the queen in such a way. So the queen was expressing displeasure that her timeline had not been met, that not one box had been packed, and she was questioning Grant as to why her timeline was not being followed, and we discovered that Grant has balls of steel when he said, this is your fault. Who died? And I thought he was. I that. thought he was a goner. I thought <laughs> he was a goner. I'm like, shit, you better die. <laughs> she already throwing stuff. I knew she was gonna pick up that bottle and just crack it upside his head. <laughs> I was tweeting, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but he's still with us. He is because we did not understand the depth of their relationship at the time. Well, but again, White Rose was on one of her moods, so you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, just say, yeah, but you, you know, you never know. But again, you're right. We didn't understand, you know, that they that Grant's got it like that, where he can just tell her, "This is your fault," and not die because of it. It's interesting that when he was talking to her, he was saying it was her fault for putting all this trust in Elliot. And if she had trusted him to let him run stage two, um, this wouldn't have happened, that it was unnecessary, the the cyber attack. But then he was also saying, talking about um, the incongruous actions of Darlene and Elliot and making the connection that Elliot is coming after she he didn't say coming after you he said coming after us which I thought was interesting that he um kind of put himself in the basket with White Rose like it really is the pair of them whereas I've always just thought of this is White Rose and then she has her lackeys I've never thought of Listen, okay. I told y'all White Rose would be the perfect Sith. There's always two. Oh, you're right. That's her apprentice. That, that you're right, because I was thinking about that. I was making that connection to that. He's obviously her apprentice because he's she's always teaching him. Even after mm-hmm. all of that, she was teaching him um, and allowing him to make the decision of, you know, what would you do next if you were allowed to? Which is why I really think it would be awesome to have a show with these two to show how the Dark Army got started 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, where was Bright Rose, you know, what position she was in and how she decided all of this needed to pop off. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it would be I've, had, I've had this whole backstory going in my brain about that. Like, how did Grant and um, White Rose hook up? 
Why does he have such loyalty to her? I wonder about why every single person has the amount of loyalty um, to White Rose. Like I think about that more than I probably should. And we've definitely seen it with Angela in that 20-ish span of minutes. 28. 28, yep. We need to have shirts that just say 28 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Made. Oh, my word. I worry about that person who was playing those water glasses. You too? (gasps) Yeah. She's still with us. How are you listening to these plans for this undercover organization and you're just sitting there playing the crystal? I thought like the second time I watched it. I actually it, thought I they're relaxing. It was nice. No, it was, it nice. was nice, but I was like, maybe she has an earplugs or something. <laughs> How could you play music with earplugs? I don't know. <laughs> and you know, I take it to a dark place. I can just see Grant taking her down to the parking garage after she played her song. Oh. <laughs> you get one performance. It Seriously. The best performance of your life. <laughs> and say, and then tell her, now it is time for you to give us your greatest gift, the sacrifice. <laughs> My God. Oh, Grant is bae. But man, I'm, oh, he makes me anxious. He makes me anxious. Was there something that we have not talked about? The kiss. Oh, let's talk about that when we t- when we do our shameless and wholesome segment. Oh Lord, I, I know. Girl. Now, well, let's just get there now. Now, listeners, this is our segment of our um, podcast when we get wholesome and shameless. And talk about Grant Chang. Hello, Grant Chang. And I did tweet with him and told him that his ears would be burning because we would be talking about him and Mr. Beatty Wong tonight. So Southern Cynic, I know you felt some kind of way seeing this kiss. So tell me about the first three times you watched it. Oh, God. I'm all a flutter just thinking about it now. I'm feeling things. It was very warm, but um, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Who was? Who was I mean, when, he leaned, when he leaned in, I was like, oh, oh, is this happening? Is this happening right now? I I just never realized. It's happening, sweetheart. It's happening. It's happening. Um, I just I just never imagined that their dynamic, you know, was like that, that their relationship was like that. They played it off so good. You know, this is your assistant. This is, this is right. Well, she's in charge and that's it. You know, he's just a working man to her. So wait a minute. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. Yes, ma'am. Wait a minute. Um, okay. Back in season two with the whole, what would I do without you thing? And given the tweet that Grant has tweeted, how could you not pick up on that? It took the kiss for you to pick up on it. He has been now that in hindsight, he's been teasing it. Yes, he has. But because I mean, listener, once again, listeners, if you're not following Carrie Grant Chain, you need to be following at Carrie Grant Chain. Because remember last week we talked in our podcast that he had released at least two pictures of himself with BD Wong last week. But the thing that I saw today that you guys saw last night was the video that BD Wong posted on Instagram. 
in response to black girl nerds um, shipping, I think she called it Domlene, Darlene and Dom, and B.D. Wong has christened the ship Grant Rose. And he posted an Instagram video of him and Grant practicing that kiss. That practice kiss was better than the kiss in the episode, in my opinion. It looked softer. It looked more sensual. It looked like a kiss I wanted to be a part of. I know. Mm. Mm. I mean, if they ever want to practice, I volunteer. Like, Grant's, Grant's lips look so soft. Anyway. Did you hear it though? Did you turn up the volume? Did you hear the kiss? <laughs> I did not turn girl, up you the volume. Girl. I did not turn up the volume. Up the, up the volume, girl. You just listening yes, that hard. In, put your earphones in and listen to it. You're gonna get that twinge on the side of your neck. You know what I'm talking about. You know that feeling. Mm-hmm. What did you? What was? What was that? What was that picture that you posted on Twitter today? <laughs> <laughs> I stand by what I told y'all in the DM. You too. I stand by it. I can't find it. Hold on. My vagina is stressed. Why? I just stand by what I told you too in the DMs. Mm-hmm. Good thing for us, what happens in the DMs stays in the DMs. Praise them. Praise them. But um, um, but you didn't <laughs> outside of the DMs. What was it yesterday? Did I win the wholesome contest? I oh my so. gosh! So yesterday, girl, other- you questioning? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how that started. How did that? It was even- suit. Mm-hmm. It was something about suit. men in in very nicely tailored suits and gloves. We had, yeah, we had um. I had tweeted at Grant about something. I think he might have said, hold on to your hats or something. But we were tweeting with Grant and somehow we started talking about men in suits. And then it turned into gloves and scarves. And this wholesome woman, what did you say about shiny shoes? You know, I, I like them to be polished, you know, so I can see myself in them when I'm on my knees. <laughs> and at that point, <laughs> listeners, she won the, the, the wholesome and shameless tweet battle. And poor, poor Grant is like, um, White Rose is very jealous, so be careful with your flirting. I wouldn't <laughs> want you to get killed. <laughs> And now we know why. He's he has told us on more than one occasion that White Rose is a jealous woman and she doesn't like to share. So he is basically he telegraphed that to us weeks ago and we were just too dumb to pick up on it. I'm slow. I live on the edge, so I take that risk. She just her vision is a little cloudy right now. And no, so, she's parched. Yeah, she's, just, just, she's real thirsty and parched. I'm dry and dusty, Lord. She just Help needs, a, she again, just needs to be moistened. That's, that's all I'm saying. She just needs to be moistened. So um, at Grant Chang, we see you. We saw you. We will see you next week on the finale and we will be seeing you on the Twitters. Don't worry, we'll be tweeting at you. Um, so the previews for next week, uh, the previews ah. for next week promise to take us to the edge and over the edge, I believe. 
Are we ready for this finale? I'm just going to take a take a page from someone's tweet that I retweeted last night after the show was over about how I should just make the floor my friend for the week <laughs> and maybe a couple of weeks thereafter. <laughs> and just, yeah. Oh, yeah, that. I'm going to just do that. Like, I can't, yeah, I don't think I'll be able to just, to just stand up and watch this episode. I'm going to just have to watch it from the floor because <laughs> I'll just be there the whole time. Oh, man. What about you, Southern Because next week is a big week for the two of us because not only is it the finale of Mr. Robot, on that Thursday, we're both going to see The Last Jedi. And I know you are incredibly excited about that. So I hope you take some pills, drink some liquor. Girl, I'm so stressed out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so stressed out about this stupid movie and this show is ruining my life. It is. Mm-hmm. I can't focus at work because it's either Mr. Robot or Star Wars. I just, oh, I, I, I just have to. I have to catch it. Um, I'll have to catch it during my holiday break. Y'all know I'm dealing with my show at work, so yes, once that's done. So, um, yeah. Southern Sink and I, we will definitely record a podcast. Um, so, listeners, just so you know, next week, our podcast, we won't be recording until Friday because Southern Cynic and I will be at the movies. Um, so, we'll record next Thursday um, and then probably the week after that, maybe Southern Cynic and I might record um, a Last Jedi podcast and talk about that oh, for Lord, you is all. going to be me screaming into the mic? <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> I'll calm you down. I'll calm you down. I'll calm you down. I'm sure you will have watched it more than once by, by the time we record. Yeah. But um, one of the things that we did um, yesterday, I believe, is we launched a Patreon site that was very scary for us. But um, we really have been enjoying doing our podcast and we want to make it better for you. We want to expand on what we're doing. Um, you know, create a custom logo, maybe venture into creating some merchandise for you all. But we want to be able to expand what we're doing because we're enjoying it. And the feedback that we're getting from you all is that you're enjoying it too. So we wanted to give you an opportunity to invest in us. And um, if you do decide to click on our link and consider being a patron, I know that um, Patreon has kind of changed some of its patrons fees and how they're doing things. So just make sure you're fully aware before you um, embark on that, just to be completely transparent. But we already have our first patron girls. which was exciting. So I just want to take a moment to say thank you to um, Hiroja Scheib. Um, She has a couple of Twitter accounts, so you can follow her at H-I-R-O-J-A-S-H-I-B-E. And then she also um, does a Mr. Robot commentary, and it's called at F Society IRC. So you can follow that and listen to her talk about Mr. Robot. Um, There's nothing but love out here on these Twitter streets. And we really appreciate you supporting us. Um, So that is really cool. That's really cool. I dig it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And thanks, everybody, who's been retweeting the link and all that stuff and boosting us up. So we appreciate all that. And so I have to kind of give you guys a tease. Um, so next week, um, we will be doing something special. 
we will be um, recording a special podcast that we are going to give you part of when we talk about our finale, but just know that we have something big in the works. And in the next um, couple of weeks, you will get to see the fruition of that. But it is something we are incredibly excited about. Like mm-hmm. how, how excited are you about it, Southern Cynic and Akira? It's juicy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What she said. <laughs> what she said. We, we don't want to talk about it too much because we might let slip what it is, but just know it is amazing. So um, you all have spent another hour with us um, listening to the Unmasked podcast. If you liked it, hey, leave us a review. Tell us what you like. So um, this is at C. Talene. You can find me on Twitter at C-T-A-L-L-E-E-N. Where can they find you, Southern Cynic? You can find me on Twitter at Southern Cynic. And Akira? You can find me on Twitter at HelloFriend, H3LL0FRI3ND1. Sure. And you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And as always, remember that we are part of the Brothers Comics family of podcasts. Good night, everybody. Good night.